Welcome back to the Fantasy Growlers podcast. We are in summer break, and uh, fantasy football is now back on the radar. It is. It's the fantasy preseason, if pre-ish you will. season. Pre-ish? Yeah. Ooh, the pre-ish. Ooh, the fantasy yeah. pre-ish. Yeah. So, I guess we've got stuff to talk about again, finally. I know. I mean, it's been a lull for months and, and weeks months. and days. Billions and billions and billions of... Not really that long. Nanoseconds. But long yeah. enough it to be annoying, but to still get some things done. Maybe have a family trip you won't want to worry about Sunday interrupting. So you do that during the summer. And now you're back, and now you're ready to figure out. Yeah, all my summer trips fell apart, so I'm just ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> I had one that kind of fell apart, but didn't actually didn't fall apart. It was still a pretty damn good trip. Nice. So on the show this week, we're going to be talking about the NFC and the AFC East. Yes. Uh, For the next few weeks, we're going to start just breaking down teams per division and uh, what their fantasy relevancy looks like per Mm -hmm. player. Yep. This week, we're doing NFC, AFC East. That's what we're doing. We're going to go over maybe a little bit of draft strategy. Yep. And we're going to have a couple of really good beers. So if you're in for it, join us. Patrick. I'm Joe. And you're sitting in with the Fantasy Growlers. Um, first off, we're just going to crack some beer, get things going. If you haven't listened to the show before, we talk fantasy sports, we talk craft beer, and uh, anything relevant to our daily lives uh, that we feel like talking about. So today, Joe brought in a uh, frosty-looking growler of... Indeed. It's the uh, Borderlands Shotgun Start. Shotgun Start. It's a black IPA. Sounds like a uh, golf tournament. It can be. Or a type of... Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking Shotgun Wedding. Never mind. Big difference. Yeah, big difference there. Although, Shotgun Weddings often get started by a shotgun start, if you know what I mean. A little too quick off the gun there. You might edit that out. (laughs) Anyway. So, um, welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, um, foamy beers. Uh, Yikes. Clearly, Joe's out of practice. Uh, opening growlers because it's foaming all over the place. It was and, an accident, uh, I swear. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the? That's not a black IPA. That is not a black IPA. You know what? I think he might have given me the tartan from Dragoon. Well, we're skipping Borderlands and going right on the Dragoon trail <laughs> to the uh, Bl- Belgian Blonde Tartan. Is that right? Man. Yeah, Tartan have to sc- was it 447, I want to say, from Dragoon? 427. 427. Who that is a eight six seven five three oh nine. Hmm. You know what? That's beer. That is beer. And that is tasty. Um, in our Game of Thrones glasses, we were actually mm-hmm. 
all dolled up getting ready to talk about Game of Thrones. We've got Hobbit Juice later. We could talk some Lord of the Rings. Whoa. whoa. Do the fantasy growlers fantasy discussion. But we're going to have to stick to football, it sounds like. <laughs> um, we got a Belgian Golden. Is this right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, have, we'll scramble. We'll figure this out a, uh, a little bit later <laughs> in the show. Oh, I feel so embarrassed. This this never happens, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> First, the premature pouring, like the foam and then it's all like the, the totally wrong thing. Oh, oh my what's god! What's going on? So, if uh, you like us are starting to <laughs> realize that fantasy football is back on the map, pundits are talking, experts are talking, um, and then those lowly morons like us are talking. Uh, we want to bring you some information you may not be getting, and that's more about the beginning to play fantasy football. Uh, today we will be breaking down the NFC East, the AFC East, the players in those two divisions and what teams they're on, how they're going to be fantasy relevant, if we feel they will be. Um, but also we're going to talk a little bit about uh, fantasy sport guides, whether or not going out to the newsstand and picking up that you know, 9 to $20 fantasy sport guide, they fantasy football cheap. guide, um, is worth it. And if so, why? I would have to say if you are a noob, it's invaluable. Yeah, especially if you're a noob and you're getting into like money links or something like it's that. It's nice to have yeah. something tangible where you can, you know, read something, actually, you know, maybe highlight some notes, actually highlight what players you want, do some of your own scribbling in there. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but there's something nice about having something physical to, you know, just having that magazine, having something you can take roll with up, you, stick roll in your up. pocket. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know. I'm I'm with you on that. I think um I've kind of gone back and forth. I've never actually really like purchased one and used it, but I've always, if I see one on a table somewhere at a buddy's house or something, I'm always flipping through and getting ideas. Yeah, my, my first year, I totally grabbed one and you know flipped through it, read it till all hours of the night to try and figure out what I could from it. <laughs> I mean, it's you you bought in. I did. You bought in. I did. Um, and uh, and like like we were pointing out, they they can be pricey. I think the one I got sitting on the table here is a eight dollar one, but. I've seen them up as like thirty, forty dollars. Yeah, some of them are not. And cheap they're at thick. All. Those are, I mean, you're at least paying for the paper you're getting. I don't know how much good information is sitting on the inside of those pages, <laughs> but uh, you're definitely paying for the paper. So yeah, no, I think those are valuable. Beyond that, in this day and age of the Google and the interwebs, the Googlers. I mean, you know, you can just do fantasy football PPR, fantasy football for dummies, whatever you want to do, and you're going to get yeah. a million sites. Where you can go through, pick and choose what you want, you know, see what resonates with you, what doesn't. And then beyond that, it's just all about <clears throat> once you get the nuts and bolts down, figuring out your league. Are you in a league where you have guys who are drafting quarterbacks in the first round? Are you in a league where, you know, guys are waiting until later on to draft quarterbacks? Because once you start to play with people on a consistent basis, you can start to know what tendencies there are, who's going to, you know, who's going to pick yeah, Aaron Rodgers in round one every year, no matter what, who, you know, is going to, reach on a defense, like you know, in round rush. five, and then, you know, take a kicker in round six. I mean, you'll, you'll start to figure out tendencies. But I definitely think research and magazines are very, very valuable when, uh, when you're starting out. And again, I just like having, you know, something to hold on to, something to read. Tablet's nice, but there's something about real pages. So this would have been the Dragoon Tartan. Yeah, it's Tartan 479. It was okay. a toss-up between the two of those when I got there, and I decided to go with the Black Ippa, but would appear the universe said no. 
you are going to have Tartan 479, their Belgian-style Blondale from Dragoon Brewing right here in Tucson. All right. So we'll get back to Dragoon and the Tartan uh, 479, the Belgian-style Blondale, a little bit later. And we will definitely get to talking a little bit more about field guides or whatever in a bit. But right now, we're going to move on to the NFC East, and we're going to talk about the four teams out there and who's fantasy-worthy to be on your team come draft time. Uh, so the draft is going to be about seven, eight weeks, depending on your league. Yeah, it should and, be um, late August, early September. Hopefully yep. you get that last preseason game out of the way with just to avoid any sort of injuries. Yeah, just if in you case. can, talk to your commissioner. Try to draft on like the 3rd of September. That way you have a couple days before that September 7th first Thursday game. I think it's uh, New, New England's hosting it against the Broncos. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, could be. I haven't... Uh, we'll, we'll figure out the schedule check that opener. in a moment here. Uh, but we're going first to the NFC, which is not New England or Denver. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about those G-men up there in New York at MetLife, um, uh, which isn't actually in New York, right? It's I think technically they'd be the Jersey Giants if yeah. you wanted to look at where they played. But, you know, huh. what can you do? It's like Arlington, Dallas, you know, whatever. Um, uh, the the obvious the obvious is OBJ Odell Beckham Jr um, he was your keeper last year Uh, what are you looking at this year as far as Odell Beckham about his value Um, I think he's still going to be an elite wide receiver I wonder how much Brandon Marshall will eat into some of his catches and especially some of his red zone attempts you know Uh when it comes to to getting in and scoring um, but, I mean, he's still, like, a top talent. I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be a top-tier wide receiver one. You know what I mean? I don't think he's, yeah. you know, going to come off before, what, Antonio Brown or... So he's definitely... Anybody like that, but Correct. He's, he's definitely going to be first round. I think if you're taking him over Julio Jones or you're taking him over Antonio Brown, you are making a big mistake. If you have the top five picks, I don't think you want... Yeah, guy. I could see maybe, uh, you know, end of the first round, second round for sure. Yeah. Oh, you see him that far down. I see him in like the five to seven. I mean, if he's if he's still on the board. After that, definitely at, pick him up. At the seventh pick, eighth pick, you, sh- you just have to take him. I the mean, only thing even if you love Aaron Rodgers and you're a moron <laughs> and you pick a quarterback <laughs> in the first round, just take OBJ if he shows up. But I think he's, I think he's going to go top five in our draft. Yeah, I just in both our leagues. The only thing that worries me is the tail end of last year and again. Can he keep it together through yeah. an entire year without letting his emotions get the better of him and you know have that affect his on field production? It's interesting how when Coughlin left, OBJ got a little crazier. Kim McAdoo helped reel him back in. We shall see. Um, so yeah, Brandon Marshall just got picked up. I think that's going to be a huge pickup. I can definitely see him, you know, definite flex, maybe even wide receiver too, depending on how he does. Yeah, I, down a lot of people year, are, you know, a lot of quote-unquote experts in the fantasy realm, which I think is hilarious because not too many people are actually that successful with the label expert next to their name and they're on TV doing this <laughs> stuff. It's all but about who they knows. all think um, Marshall is set for a bust. He's going to be a, a dud this year, and that's totally possible. You know, changing schemes and everything, but all he did was change locker rooms. He's in the same building. He's nothing about his daily life, I imagine, really changed that much. And so, usually, those are the things that get him into a player's head and get them off their game. And he's going to a a better Better offense, offense, a better quarterback, better quarterback, exactly, and a better overall 
offensive game that and not will only incorporate that, him. He's not going to be. He's not going to have to be the guy. With the Jets, there wasn't as much around him. And when he's with New York now, everybody's going to be keying on Odell Beckham. So that leaves Marshall. I mean, that dude can catch like nobody's business. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of very many people who have he's better hands fast. than Marshall. He's still fast. He's still big. Yeah. I mean, Larry's going to be your That's it. possession guy. He's going to be your red zone guy. Yeah. And I think he's going to poach a lot of touchdowns from yeah. OBJ. And so that's, as you were just mentioning, that could be an interesting dynamic um, looking at fantasy. But I still think OBJ is a first rounder. Uh, Brandon Marshall, probably like fourth, fifth round tops. I can't imagine picking him up before the fifth round. No, really. no I wouldn't want to pick him up that high. More like seventh, eighth, ninth rounds. Um, Definitely mid rounds. You know, yeah. he's he's going to be a value pick. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that yeah. you know will definitely help your team again. You know, maybe wide receiver two, flex position for sure. You yeah. know, his uh, his glory days are, are definitely behind him. I think the only other factor there is that third wide receiver. Uh, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to be able to do. He Can had Sterling some Silver come out in good games last year? Be but polished, or is he going to come out and be a little tarnished? Uh, keeping an eye on him. I think Shepard is is not a guy on most draft board radars. I think he's going to probably be 11th, 12th, 13th round, depending on how deep your league goes. We play 12-man PPR leagues, so that's where we're going to talk to the most. Yeah, And uh, I think Sterling Shepard... If I pick him up, it'll be because I'm like, oh, my God, he's still on the board, and it's the 15th round? Huh. Okay. I'll keep an eye on him for the waiver wire after the first few weeks. but Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine yeah. burning a slot on him unless, you know, the now, rest of the board is pretty picked over. But A sleeper in Paul Perkins. So we got two running backs listed right now, mm-hmm. Shane Vereen and Paul Perkins, and those are the guys they're expecting. No, I agree. Perkins is, should have he's a big a year. He's a hard-nosed runner. He can stay healthy. And as long as that line can actually manage to open some holes and protect yeah. Eli, that's going to be a scary offense that could have some huge fantasy numbers for a few people. Yeah. <clears throat> but the biggest thing is going to come down to that line because that was that was what it, you know what hurt him last year. They didn't have that smash mouth running game, and yeah. they weren't able to protect Eli as well as they should have. Yeah, she Eli was running around squealing quite a bit. So yeah, so I mean, if they can get that line together, I definitely think Paul Perkins is going to be huge. He's going to get the volume. You know what I mean? He's going to have the workload. Shane Vereen, even if he does come in, I mean, he... Change of pace guy at this cha- point. Yeah, change of pace, you this know. point of his career. Maybe if Paul Perkins goes down, you might want to yeah. pick him up. But, you know, Vereen himself doesn't exactly have the best track record when it comes so to So where, where would you think Perkins is draftable? Um, I would say, I don't know, fifth, sixth round maybe. Okay. I had him in, like, between fifth and seventh, depending on what's on the board. I mean, if Perkins falls to you in the seventh round, he's a great pickup. Uh, I think you're reaching unless everything, if the cupboard is bare and he's there in the fifth round, I think that's when you strike. But I still think there's plenty of options. I mean, we'll be getting to the AP and Ingram battle down in New Orleans next week when we do the South. Uh, The Dirty South. The Dirty South. But, yeah, I think Paul Perkins is the guy in the Giants organization to watch for fantasy. Um, We didn't yet talk about Sheilai. I honestly, I think he's a QB2 this year. Until he proves it. Honestly, he's always a QB, too. I've tried to ride him a few times. He's actually helped me out a few games over the years, but he, he's never going to be consistent enough to be that QB1 guy unless yeah. he gets hot. The, the offensive line scares me. Exactly. That's the only thing that's going His to stop them. His weapons are outstanding. From winning the Super Bowl this year is going to be the offensive line. They short up their yeah. defense. They've got more weapons on offense yeah. as far as you know wide receivers go. 
they can be a really well-balanced team. It's just a question of can that line open the holes and provide the protection to let the offense do its job because they have some – if, if that line gels, they're scary. Yeah. And if they can actually keep that defense rested and have a consistent pass rush, yeah. I mean, honestly – I love the fact that we started with the NFC East, just the East in general, because I would love to see another 18-win, one giant loss year for the Patriots. I don't Every, want to see that at all. Everybody's but... high on them. Everybody's, oh, they're more talented than ever. Then, yes, I want to see them go I do. 18 wins and then stumble and fall flat on their face against the Giants. This, again. to me, is like the NBA West versus East. The NFC, for me, is so stacked. It's so stacked. Next week, when we talk about the NFC South, you're just going to hear me gush because I think all four teams have so much potential this year. Um, but the Giants still, as strong as the entire NFC looks, I think the Giants are really one of the scariest. They're the, I hate using this word, but it's a dark horse. They, they are going to shock this division, I think. For I agree. Sure. I agree. I think everybody thinks the Cowboys are going to repeat. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think the last time anybody repeated in the NFC East was, I think I read, 2003-2004 Eagles. Yeah. So that's a long time. That was, yeah, that was the Reed era when it was, hey, we can can make it to the championship. We just can't make it to the Super Bowl era. Yeah, just can't get over it. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I like the Giants a lot. Um, I think they got a lot of weapons. And honestly, if you're playing with a defense, and you should be, if your league doesn't use the defense special teams, convince them too. It's a lot of fun. Do those leagues exist? And they, uh, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I've never seen one. I've, every league I've ever been in has at least yeah. had defense special teams. Well, I think the Giants are worth even putting on your draft board. We generally select a defense in the, you know, 14th, 15th, 16th rounds. If I even pick one. Yeah, sometimes you're right. Joe and I don't even pick one. We just go pick one up and drop maybe our Mr. Irrelevant at the end. Yeah, I mean, you know. But the Giants, I think, are actually worth owning to start the season out. I'll be curious to see what they can do. That's going to be a scary team in the NFC East. They did a lot of great moves in the offseason that aren't fantasy notable that I think are going to be really big for that team. And so I even think that defense is fantasy worthy. Okay, let's move on to the Redskins here. And... Man, what in the world happened in Washington? They lost a ton of stuff. I think the Redskins are going to be a mystery between all the turnover, all the drama around Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Wait, is it Kirk or Kurt? Um, it doesn't matter because he can barely hit a cardboard box to, sh- to prove that he's having a son. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome gender reveal. Anyway, franchise tag. Yeah. 24, almost $25 million. Yeah, 24.3. But still not the long-term answer. Why is that? He's I, had he's put together a couple of pretty good years. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards uh-huh. for the last two years, and they still aren't convinced. I don't think he's that apex guy, but you... Is, is that the problem? Is he expecting that 25? Is he expecting, like, car money when he needs to realize that he's not... Well, I think both camps are really misreading the situation. I think a three-year deal would have been great for him. And fantasy-wise, because that's what we're talking, um, I think Kirk Cousins is a low-end QB1 going into the season, despite all they lost, right? They lost the coordinator. They lost the three top weapons he had. They lost Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. And... They don't have a running game. 
So on paper, this looks bad. But in fantasy terms, the guy's going to throw for 4,000 yards this year. He's going to throw for over 20 touchdowns. You should own him. And I think Kirk Cousins, if if he is dropping past the ninth round, you because you have to pick him up. You he's, have to get him. He's not going to get the Redskins over the hump. No. But he's. But the Redskins aren't going to get themselves over the hump. They haven't points. done anything for that. Right? But they brought in Terrell Pryor Sr., and I think that is great on paper. I think that's great in marketing. It's great in social media. It looks amazing, but I don't think Pryor is actually going to be the guy. But is he going to thrive there? I mean, he managed to make it in the, in the Browns. With four different quarterbacks and, 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 and really up. two different coaches. Will that translate? Can he build? I mean, I guess we don't have to worry about chemistry if he did it with four of the quarterbacks. So yeah. will he be able to translate? And that it was to his the first. Redskins? Yeah, it was his first year really playing the position. Um, he's a great route runner, freak athlete, and he's going to draw attention. I think he can do well, but I think the guy to own is Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder is going to be nasty, especially in and PPR listen leagues. To this, bitches. He's my keeper in the 10th round. I get Jamison Crowder in the 10th round this year, and I think he's actually a second to fourth round guy. Yeah, no, he's going he's gonna to fly off the boards. The fly off the boards pretty high. Yeah. Especially in PPR well, leagues, because, I mean, he, he's, if he's he a makes slot it, receiver deluxe. Absolutely. I mean, he, he, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the volume. But then he's also going to get that extra added bonus of – being the wide receiver too, instead mm-hmm. of just being shoved in the slot all the time. Like he's not just relegated to the Edelman Beasley role. Like he, yeah. he's he's that. Plus, there's a little bit of icing on that cake. Oh, he takes the top off the defense. Score. He's a great slant route guy. And then you now know, that you've got Terrell Pryor, who's going to take the pressure off him. That's exactly what I think. That's I think Crowder's the guy to own. More. I like Pryor a lot. It's too costly to pick him up before the fourth, fifth round, sixth round even. What about like say a tenth round keeper? I think I got him off the waiver wire this league. If league. you did, then yes. Um, but if if you're trying to pull him off the board, I think there's plenty of guys across the league that are going to go low. I like. I even think like Doug Baldwin will probably go in the third, fourth round in a lot of leagues, well, which is other, stupid. The other thing too is you have to figure there's always going to be that waiver wire guy that's going to mm-hmm. come out of nowhere and be hot for the year. So you always have to take that in mind. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't get don't buy prior to high. Yeah. That's what we're saying. I think Crowder's going to be a bigger value because he's going to put up similar numbers. Yeah. He's going to have really good numbers, but I think he's going to come off at a much lower. He was in the upper 90s in targets last year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the 100 and teens this year. And Pryor is definitely not going to have that much attention. Yeah. He's I not. Mean, at Reds, you know, with the Redskins, I mean, outside of Cousins, Pryor, and Crowder. Jordan Reed. I mean, but is he going to stay healthy? Is he? Yeah, I think Jordan Reed is going to have a good year. Is he going to put it together this year? That's been the biggest thing. Is he's got potentially flashes every now and again, but he had a great year last year, and obviously until. But uh, I think Jordan Reed is still the scary matchup. I mean, he's he borders on a Gronk kind of matchup for a defense. So in other words, awesome, but can't stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, we can, we can, <laughs> Sorry, but no, we'll break that down when we get to Gronk because we'll be talking about him in a little bit. Uh, I think Jordan Reed is in that realm. Um, problem I, th- I see for this entire situation, though, is you got Matt Jones, Robert Kelly, and Samaji Perine, Perine, Perrin, 
the, like I've heard a hundred different pronunciations of this guy's last name. It's Samaji Perine, I think they're wanting to call it. Um, <laughs> he's a second year guy, right? I honestly couldn't tell you. I'm uh, not familiar so, with who he is outside of, outside yeah. of uh, R. Kelly, if you will. I can't think of anybody yeah. else who's... I think um, if you're going to buy, don't buy Matt Jones <laughs> or Robert Kelly before the seventh, eighth rounds. Don't do it. Um, sneaky, sneaky sleeper pick is that Samaji kid, Perrine. And he, uh, I think you can probably get him in the ninth round, 10th, 11th. Uh, look for him because... He's going to be your bench stash. Every year, yeah. And every year, one Redskins running back blows up for half a season. So there is that. Uh, I do want to address one more thing. As much as we've said about Terrell Pryor, they're calling him a sleeper right now, as if nobody was paying attention. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a known... He's a known commodity. Yeah. After what he did with the Browns... I'm excited to see him The big free agent move of him going to the Redskins. Yeah. I'll be curious to yep. see what happens. I, I really hope that, for the Redskins' sake, this whole turnover and continuity issue kind of you know tapers off as they come into the season. And I really hope this whole contract with Kirk Cousins kind yeah. of just gets put behind them, and they can put it on the shelf until they can reach you know an agreement. I'm going to stick to what I said about five shows ago. I still think Cousins ends up in San Francisco next year with Pierre Garçon. Garcon. 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 So you'll be hearing about... I'd like my uh, cousin to join me, please. <laughs> you'll be hearing about the Redskins from us in probably the next three shows because <laughs> they've had the craziest offseason. But we're going to go ahead and keep going through the NFC East, and let's look at the Philadelphia the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. The, the, uh, the city of brotherly love Eagles. Um, and... Man, this is a weird team for me. Is it silver? Because I really feel like... On paper, they don't look as good as they're going to look on the field. And I don't mean their uniforms. Yeah, no, some of their parts are they, interesting. They're it's just like you've a got, little off. You've got this like second-year quarterback who was on fire, but then you know, kind of hit, his, yeah, he had had a his, rookie, his rookie lumps. He had a rookie like thump on the head a few times. And, and then you know, you've got all these other exits as far as you know, Logan leaving... What who they leave? What Carroll? I mean, they've McKelvin. Like they've lost a lot of pieces on defense, but they also added in you know Long, Barnett, Jernigan, Jones. So I'll be curious to see if they can just kind of swap out those free agent exits sure. and plug these you know new guys in and have the defense still work. Well, they're and then beyond that, their I mean, offense is really curious. Alshon Jeffrey now, Tory Smith. What's that going to look like? Legarrette Blunt. Yeah. Instead of my blunt man and Belichick, now it's going to be blunt man and Wentz? Wentz he came. From Wentz, Blunt came. I don't so know. I think Carson Wentz is actually the top threat. He's not going to end the season with the best QB points, but he's going to end the season with the best Philadelphia Eagle fantasy points. And, I can see that. And that's me going out on a limb talking about a quarterback outscoring his team. I mean, that happens all the time, but I think... Wentz is probably the top guy to pick up in a draft off this roster. You've got Jordan Matthews. What's he going to look like? Hopefully, you know, he and Wentz have got the chemistry down. Yeah. Finally, but he's been a big disappointment. You got Zach Ertz, who I think in a PPR league... Ertz is going to be interesting. Ertz looks really, really good, and I think he's worth picking up for your tight end. Um, 
we'll talk about Kelsey at some point. We'll talk about Gronk in a few minutes here. We already had Jordan Reed. Uh, those are probably the, the bigger names at the position, but I think Zach Ertz is a great plug-and-play guy. Yeah, I was going to say that's the biggest thing is consistency. You can get him in the you know eighth or higher rounds, I bet. And uh, tight ends, in our league at least, tend to start getting picked up about the seventh, eighth round. Um, yeah, they don't sometimes tend to fly I mean, off really outside yeah. of you know, the outliers. You've got Gronk and, you know. Gronk, Kelsey, Reed, usually. Yeah, the guys, the guys. that are going to go early. Jimmy Graham, somebody always takes a flyer on him. The problem is, is with tight ends, especially when it comes to points, is once you get past that like first tier, maybe some of those second tier guys, it's just like a huge drop off. Yeah, huge. but I think I think Zach Ertz is a great guy. If you're hunting in your draft and he's on the board and you need that tight end, Zach Ertz is a guy to go pick up this year. Um, you've got Ryan Matthews. We had Jordan Matthews. We got Ryan Matthews. Uh, can he stay healthy? What's going to happen there? Darren Sproles. I think Blunt is your guy. I agree. I think with the pickup of Blunt, I can't imagine. Like, who, who else would you want to have running between the tackles? Unless you're in a crazy league that gives you one point per return yard. Like my second year playing fantasy, some dude, the guy running the league, totally goofed. And so a few of us picked up on it by week three. <laughs> we were just getting all the return guys and, you know, crushing everybody. Hey, <laughs> no they got 40 I, points no for 40 really return scored. yards. Exactly. But yeah, the biggest thing with Wentz for me is sophomore slump issues. And again, with. I don't think it's going to happen. With some of his tapering off and the ups and downs, like with that film on him now, are they. Our defense coordinator is going to be able to keep him from blossoming as much as you know the the guy who drafts him in his fantasy league would like. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like Wentz was so up and down last year. Film's actually really not going to be that telling on him compared to how much he's going to grow as a player because he didn't prepare to be a starter last year, right? He he was behind Bradford, and then. Bradford gets shipped off to Minnesota, has a great opening of the season, but Wentz knew like eight days or something like that before the season started that mm -hmm. that's what was going to happen. I mean, that was a whirlwind to begin with. This year, he's coming in prepared. He's, I know, he's, he's the man. There's nobody else. There's no question. I mean, Nick Carson Foles Wentz. is fighting for a backup spot now. Remember Nick Foles, 27 touchdowns, two picks? Yeah, he had the huge year with what? It was Chip 2013, Kelly? 2013, yeah. Um, or was that before no, Kelly it was, was Andy there? Reed. Okay. And then... Uh, uh, yeah, he was like a one-hit wonder, and then so after that... So he's back. What? Backing up. What happened? Um, I don't think Wentz's job is in peril. I think he's going to go in smooth sailing into this start of the season. I think he's going to have more than any film could say about him, uh, which is great for your receivers. I think Alshon Jeffrey... I was going to say. Unknown quantity. That's the thing is his receivers. Alshon Jeffrey. Great Tony skill. Smith. Great skill. Good hands. Guys who know how to run deep routes. Guys but who know how to. Can he stay healthy? He's had those soft tissue injuries that have just plagued yeah. him in Chicago. Again, on paper, I actually feel like this team looks worse than it does on the field. Yeah, it's like So a, it's going to be interesting to watch It's them. like a science experiment. Fantasy-wise. How it turns out. Fantasy-wise, I think your top guys, where you can get them, because Alshon Jeffrey is going to end up being taken in the third round just because somebody loves him. Yeah, and honestly, that's, that's going to happen. That's too high. If it's way too high. To, you know, Torrey Smith is going to get picked up in the sixth and ninth round. I think that's a solid pickup, depending on how your receiving core is already shaped out. 
but I feel like Zach Ertz is your big sleeper on tight end, and I really like Carson Wentz. Um, I think he's a QB2 for most 12, 10 team leagues. He's a QB1 in a 14 team league. Uh, but you always have a serviceable quarterback available to you. Usually for me, it's Phillip Rivers, and I cry at the end of the season. <laughs> cry me a river. But uh, I think Carson Wentz might be that guy if he's sitting around for me this year. Maybe. I don't know if I would put that much stock into what he's going to do this year. I want to see him put in a few weeks and see what I'll put what this happens. bet down. If that offensive line holds up, Wentz will beat Dak Prescott twice. So you're saying if the line holds up, the Eagles can go 2-0 against the Cowboys. Yep. You're not saying Carson Wentz is going to score more points than Dak. A win is a win, man. Trent <laughs> Dilfer, Super Bowl winner. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Riding on the defense of what was that, the 99 bucks? Moves us into the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. Unless you have anything else to say about them Smeagles. No, no, I can't think of anything else as far as the, the Smeagles go. Um, I do really like Dallas to take second place this year. No, I agree. Dallas is my second place team. Behind those G-men. Why? Um, offensive line. Off-field crazy. I know it's off-field crazy, but it's crazy with Ezekiel Elliott. It's crazy with Jerry Jones. It's crazy with poor little Lucky Whitehead. And I, I seriously, we watched the robot, Jason Garrett, the say, animatronic, you know, Jason Garrett, yeah. who just, you know, sorry, I only say one thing, you know, and then the eyes clack like Chuck E. Cheese. Sorry, I only say one thing. Yeah, like, poor Lucky Whitehead. I hope he ends up in the NFC East somewhere. I think he should comes go to the back. Giants. Yeah. Oh, why not? With that line, even with. Their right tackle position changing with, uh, was it Collins? Well, Collins just got back? signed for an extension. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Because it was Doug, Doug Free, right? Yeah, he retired. He retired. So that was, that's, I don't think that's going to change the consistency and continuity of that offensive line enough. It was their offensive line captain. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up <clears throat> to take over that role. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the uh, continuity changes. Yeah. The I mean, attitude might change. The identity might change. Just a little bit because they will have new leadership. Um, but I don't think it'll change in their uh, execution on Sundays. No. Like that's still going to be, you know, arguably the best line in the NFL. You've got Dak Prescott, who, depending on what happens with year two, you know, could put up some pretty good numbers again. Now you were just shitting on Wentz. For I, year two. I know. And that's why I was saying, though, is he going to hit that sophomore slump? What's, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? He. Having that offensive line can be very forgiving. I mean, I'd be curious to see what would happen if Carson Wentz had that offensive line and you had, you know, Prescott stuck in Philly. How would their seasons have turned out? Well, I'll tell you what. I think this is going to be very telling right off the bat. September 10th, week one, Dallas is hosting the Giants. I know. That's going to be fantastic. That's the game to watch. Now, does that matter to you fantasy-wise? Actually, Yes. Because if Ezekiel Elliott is suspended for those first two weeks, Wait, what are you going to do? Roger Goodell frowns upon barroom brawls at 6 o'clock in the morning on, was it Sunday or Monday or whatever it was? <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> so um, according to the pundits, Elliott is the stud. I, I feel like if he gets more than two weeks suspension, he's not worth your top three picks. Honestly. Now remember, Le'Veon Bell... Was suspended for four games. You're right. Flying off the board. The difference was not that long ago. 
you had him as a keeper <laughs> and you got to take Ezekiel Elliott. So you didn't actually have a slump at all. What I'm saying is <laughs> no one can keep Ezekiel Elliott in our league this year because he was your first round pick last I year. I know. That means he's going to be back on the board. He's not going to be off the board for most people. And if he gets four games to open the season and you have a top three pick, then you go get Le'Veon Bell instead. You go get Julio Jones instead. Mm-hmm. You go get your stud who's going to be there to set your 4-0 and record to start off your season. I don't think if Ezekiel Elliott gets two weeks, you pass him up. He's yeah. obviously a top five player in no matter what league you're in. The question unless it's is, a quarterback how many games is going to be available for your, for your season? That that's, is the question. That's the biggest thing. So that's the only thing you have to pay attention to. Outside of that, Des Bryant, he Again, hasn't gone over 880 can't yards. Can't stay healthy? Can't stay how, healthy. How are the wheels doing? But that offensive line, I think they've got too much going for them to not be a scary team. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll win enough games. They'll make the playoffs. They, they're locked to make the playoffs, even if it's just a wild card. <clears throat> Unless, you know, the wheels totally come off or, you know, Jerry Jones, you know, I don't know. But with that line and with those skill positions, barring any sort of, you know, again, sophomore slump, and that's the same thing with Dak Prescott. He, so break these guys down. For he me. had such a great year last year. He can't. Where are you going to pick him up? Can you spend a third, fourth, fifth round pick on Dak Prescott? I would say fourth or fifth if you're really that in love with him. I don't think I would go any higher than that. I don't think you should get him before the fifth round. Cole Beasley, though. Cole Beasley, especially if you're in a PPR league. I think Cole Beasley is a seventh round steal. He's going to be another one of those guys, especially in PPR leagues, where he's just he's going to get you a solid. I think he's even 10, 12 points outside a week. of PPR. I think he is this year. The way that offense is organized, you think he's going to do? I think Cole Beasley is going to. Well, I don't think Des Bryant's going to be as much a factor. And we saw Jason Witten fall off last year. I think Jason Witten is a dud this year. He was last year. Um, I think they're actually scheming away from him because of the style of play of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think if you're drafting a team, you're looking outside of Elliott, Bryant, Prescott, Beasley, and Witten. I don't think you should be looking outside of Elliott or Beasley in your top seven rounds. I was going to say, I'd be pretty desperate if I'm going for Witten. He's what, on his 15th year, 16th year? Witten will give you a, a bye week game, probably. And yeah, with the way he performed last year, I just, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So that's the NFC East. Um, Prescott. I think the biggest thing about Elliot. the Cowboys, really, that worries me about any of those players is all that off-the-field stuff. I mean, the way they looked last year, you just knew Jerry Jones was going to find a way to mess it up. And that's the problem, is if and they could keep the circus and the distractions away and allow them to actually focus on football. Why does Dallas want to be New York? Like, why do they want to be New York? Why, why is there envy? Why don't they just be Dallas? Why do they have to have all the extra flash and all that stuff and have all this marquee name stuff instead of going out and just having a star on your helmet like they used to? That's what happens when you be have America's an owner team. who has to have the biggest stadium with the biggest jumbotron and has to stick his finger in all the pies. So sorry, Dallas fans. Clearly best. we're not Dallas fans. Uh, we'll get a Dallas fan on the show to start off the season to uh, back you guys up. The Dallas schedule is interesting to me because they have the Giants at home. They go to Denver. They go to Arizona. They host the Rams. They host the Packers. And then they have a bye week. Those first five weeks, they could go one and four. 
that's a pretty intense way to start. They're the going week. to Mile High. They're going to Phoenix. <clears throat> They're hosting the Packers, who kicked the crap out of them last gonna say, year. It's going to be a tough game. The Arizona and game they've is got the be Giants, tough. the Giants who beat them twice last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's they could be one in two four. Two thirds of their losses were from the Giants last year. They the could be one season. in four at the bye week. <clears throat> Works for me. That's I mean, to me that's fantasy relevant. You should look at the schedule. It's crazy. They come out of the bye week great. They go to San Francisco. They go to Washington. They host the Chiefs. They go to Atlanta. Then they host Philly. So they don't play everybody in their division until week 11. So there's that balance. Um, and then they end heavy in their division. And uh, in quick contrast to that, you're looking at the Giants, who we were saying about their division championship. Mm-hmm. They go to Dallas, and then they host Detroit, go to Philly, go to Tampa, host the Chargers, are at Denver, and host Seattle, and then have an eighth-week bye week. So they could go into that bye week with one loss. They could. Maybe two. But, I mean, the they favor, they host the Chargers, they host the Seahawks. The tough ones are on they're on the road to Denver, which mm-hmm. I don't I don't care. When you're on the road to Denver against a defense like that, with Von Miller saying what he said about this is gonna be the best Von Miller year ever, good luck. <laughs> I don't care who's quarterbacking. Good I was luck. gonna say the biggest thing is what's their offense gonna do. Good luck. Um, at Tampa Bay is gonna be tough. At Philly, I think they can handle that. Home against Detroit, they can handle that. So if they beat Dallas to open the season. Watch out for those Giants. And, yeah, that's going to be a huge boost, too. I mean, you're already going into not the hardest first half of the year, and you've already got that one win against your biggest rival in the division and the only person that anybody thinks is going to even remotely give you a run for your money as far as winning the East. Yeah. So um, let's talk some beer before we get into the AFC. And we uh, we got the Oops beer here. We got the, uh, <laughs> the Dragoon. Yeah, I thought I was getting the Borderlands Black Ippa. Yeah, we were gonna do IPAs, a get a little bitter mm-hmm. on our uh, on our growler show. Yeah, but this is delicious. I'm enjoying it. I know Amy loves this beer. I'm surprised she hasn't come in to take a sip yet. This is a Belgian blonde ale mm-hmm. from local Dragoon Brewing. Who their IPA is? Yeah, Dragoon IPA very is very Kind of what put them on the map, if I'm not mistaken. Classic yep. uh, West Coast style IPA. So, what do you got for stats on this thing? We're obviously brewed here in our lovely hometown of Tucson, Arizona, on West Grant Road, just off of lovely I-10. Uh, it's coming in at 6.3% uh, alcohol by volume, 20 IBUs, and the SRM of 2. That's not a stat that most people give out, but SRM yeah. is... The color Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, the color yeah. and... The, cons- the yeah, like clear the, clarity. Yeah, like what you see as you look through it through light, basically. Color correct. and clarity, so... Um, I was corrected. You're not supposed to hold a beer up to the light. You're supposed to hold it out in a light so you can see so the light bounce off. This one, I can see Joe through my beer. I mean, he's a little weird looking, but... Uh, I'm like that all the time. Just saying. <laughs> I really lovely nose on this thing. Great, great yeasty, Belgian-y kind of nose there. Uh, very bready and toasty on the finish. So this is very typical Belgian yeah, strong ale. I like this because it's not sorry Belgian blonde ale over the top as far as the Belgianness, if you will. Sometimes those Belgians can be really, really funky. 
So here's what I like about this the most, though. This was brewed as a fundraiser for Tucson Fire Department's Pipes and Drums Corps. Pretty cool. A um, portion of every keg, growler, and pint sold by Dragoon goes to help the Pipes and Drums in their mission of honoring their fallen brothers and sisters. So, again, craft beer, doing community stuff. You're going to hear that anytime on this show. Anytime you listen to us, we'll talk craft beer and community. Um, maybe not as much football and community. <laughs> but uh, Well, that's because, you know, football stadiums screw their community, while breweries, for the most part, try to help the community. Yeah. So this is a lovely one, Dragoon Brewing, one of our favorites. We've had him on the show multiple times now. Yeah. Um, go to our website at fantasygrowlers.com. You can follow along. We've got a little beer section. We give a little snip. Snippet. We give a snippet. Ex snippet, eh? Of a, uh, <laughs> of what we thought about the beer. Uh, this one will be up there probably by the end of next week. I'm pretty slow on that side of things, but. Uh, if you're listening, dragoonbrewing.com. Right. All the time, buddy. Uh, the Tartan 479. 479. Four, seven, nine. Or 479er, is what I like to say. 479er to the... Did I hear a 9er in there somewhere? Tucson Fire Department Pipes and Drums Corps. Pipes and Drums Corps. Prost. Oh, so good. So that brings us up to the AFC East, and uh, we got the Bills, Pats, Jets, Finns. Dolphins. Fantasy relevant. Let's look at those Buffalo's Bills to start off. The second biggest dumpster fire in the East. Well, I think getting rid of Rex Ryan is going to help. <laughs> Sorry. They're no Jets, but they're, they've got pieces in place. Everybody's real high on LaShawn McCoy again this year. Uh, first round, second round. I think if he goes past the third pick in the second round... Your league sucks, and you should get out of it. No, that means you should stay in it and pick them up and win and take everybody's money. <laughs> Only if it's a money league. If it's yeah, if it's not a money league, then jump You're, ship. Uh, yeah, that's only, was, that's not happening in a money league. It better be one hell of a trophy. Uh, Lashawn McCoy, I do think he going he comes down from last year. I think he went eighth in our draft last year in the money league, and he went like seventh, eighth, ninth in the in the trophy league. I uh, I think he's going to end up right around 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th for us this year. There's just a lot of talent out there. I actually think uh, knowing that Aaron Rodgers gets picked up in the first round in our league, <laughs> he's going to go before LaShawn McCoy this season. Yeah, and LaShawn McCoy, you know, he's their lead back. He's really good in PPR leagues because he gets a lot of catches. Yeah, swings out in the I mean, flat, catches that ball, gets moving. Uh, but... What else do they have? I mean, for me, the problem is they got Sammy Watkins. He's a dud every year. Yeah, it's it's. They got if, uh, if he can Zay stay Jones. Healthy, he might be able to do something. Zay Jones, who knows? He's a great, great athlete. Uh, nobody knows anything about him, so he might be able to squeak out a few games. But with this offense, I just don't know. Uh, I like Charles Clay this year, actually. I was going to say Charles Clay. I think Clay, the safety valve is going to be huge for Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, he's going to be my Coming biggest Coming off that form. injury, Tyrod Taylor's going to be looking for easy peasy for a while. Yeah, if he can step up, become consistent, Charles Clay is going to be huge. And yeah, Tyrod Taylor, he could be an interesting streaming option depending on when your bye week is. I don't think he's going to be somebody you're going to want to roll out every week. But no, I like him as a, a carry, with a carry what QB, too. I he like can him. do... 
you know, he'll be able to put some points on the board. He can run as well. Those rushing touchdowns are always nice, especially in a league like ours where they offset, you know, passing penalties for yeah. a quarterback versus others. In our league, it's four points when a quarterback throws a touchdown, six points for a receiver or running back, whoever else yeah. happens to get it in the traditional Yeah, Tyra tends to put up extra points so um, a couple ability, times a year. <clears throat> the biggest thing that scares me is the offensive line. He was sacked 42 times last year, most in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Second most, I think. I think that um, Carson Palmer was 43 last year. Was he? Yeah. I don't know, but too much. Or maybe it was flip-flop, but yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are. You, Tom Brady, as the Giants pointed out in that wonderful Super Bowl victory. Are you a Giants fan now? No, I just... You sure? Because yeah. you're talking about him a lot. Hey, are we're you gonna, talking about the be, NFC East. Are you going to be this happy when we're talking East? about the NFC North? Oh, about wait your, till I get on my Bears. Your bruising Bears? Yeah, the Bears, this is their year, baby. Is it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's their year to break your heart again and make you drink more? Hey, I just said it's their year. I didn't say it was their year to do what? <laughs> Yeah, Tyrod Taylor, he is going to be an interesting guy because he he has those weeks where he's he's going to put up points and he's going to be... Oh, he'll drop 32 yeah. points on your fantasy team this the year. The problem is, when Once. is he going to do it? <laughs> Hopefully it's on your bye week <laughs> when, you, when you need him to fill in for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and that's if he can stay healthy because, again, 42 sacks, that's... That puts a wear and tear on you. That's a lot. The thing that damage. I think, because um, I don't want to spend too much time on the Bills... Uh, I Why do not? like Jonathan Williams as your handcuff this year. If you have if you have Shady, you have to go get Jonathan Williams. I don't think you want to mess around trying to get a second tier running back on another team. If you get McCoy this year, his injury proneness, he's going to miss five games this year. I think you have to go get Jonathan Williams. He's a great bruising back. Um, doesn't have a lot of wear and tear, and he's going to come in. He knows the system fairly mm-hmm. well. I really like that handcuff now. I don't like picking up Shady, so I don't. I'm not saying go get Jonathan Williams <laughs> as a late rounder. I'm but saying if you, if you get Sean McCoy this year, keep an eye on when you have to get Williams. You have to. So you're saying McCoy is like your third round pick, so you get Williams in your fourth round just to make sure he doesn't slip away? <laughs> I d- if McCoy is in the third round, again, leave your league. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, you that, don't was, there. that was just throwing about arbitrary numbers there, but uh, I just want to see the person that is like, oh, handcuffs. I got to make sure they're together and see that newbie who picks like Sean McCoy and then you know the RB two on the team, yeah, the backup the guy next round. next round. Yeah, you're when you've got the twelfth pick and the first pick of the second round. Yeah, you go first round, 12th pick, go ahead and get that from Shady McCoy, and then you go get... And no, don't listen to that. That advice is terrible. Uh, but make sure it's that terrible advice. Jonathan Williams is on your radar if you love LaShawn McCoy. Charles Clay, I do like Charles Clay. I think he's a sneaky safety valve. Again, go get Zach Ertz first. Um, Travis Kelsey is going to be early rounder. But I, I think Clay is a safe guy if you're picking up a late-round tight end. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if he really. can become consistent, if he can start clicking with Taylor, and again, Taylor... He needs, he needs to stop running around like crazy this year. Clay, Clay is the place to go. Hey, if you've been sacked 42 times, you're going to run for your life, too. Oh. <laughs> you've got sacked for 42 times... It's not always on offense. I know line. that's that's. I mean, it's not like they're whoever is sacked most in the league. That's yeah. a combination of offensive line and dude. Yeah. Just let go of the ball sooner. Yeah, you gotta learn. Like your your inner Brett Favre is not going to be correct. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah, 
Brett Favre also threw the most interceptions. I know. Most touchdowns, most interceptions. That's what I'm saying. He Well, he was the... When you think of Gunslinger, who's who can you think of other than Brett Favre as like the... Um, I think we got a gunslinger coming up next week, actually, uh, but we'll save that. So come back next episode. Uh, moving on, New England Patriots. Oh, uh, Patriots. What the fuck? Patriots are gonna be f- fucking nasty. Fuck those assholes, man! How did they pull this off? They, they managed- went and got fucking Brandon Cooks. I was who, gonna say, yeah. if you've never seen him play, if you're not a Saints fan, a lot of Saints fans probably don't even know him sometimes because. They go to Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is their number one guy. And Michael Thomas is a top wide receiver to pick up this year. But Brandon Cooks moving to New England is flipping ridiculous. Ridiculous. The problem with Brandon Cooks is he moved to New England. (laughs) So one week, Brandon Cooks is going to get you 40 points. The next week, Brandon Cooks is not going to show up because... They're going to be using him as a decoy, and Belichick is going to throw the ball to some no-name Hogan guy and that's, for a record-setting NFC champion or AFC championship game. But that's what he's really good at. He's really good at getting you to key in on that marquee guy, yeah. or else he gets just a so few I love, talents that are there for a ring. I love just, Brandon Cooks. If he's there in your second, third round, in your late second, early third round, I think Brandon Cooks is worth that flyer. I don't like him otherwise, though, because... There is going to be. He will be inconsistent. He will be. It's just the nature of the Patriots. Uh, the only consistent guy out there outside of Brady is going to be Gronk, and he's inconsistent because he's not always on the field. I was going to say if he could stay on the field. We'll get to Gronk in a wow. second, though. Um, Dion Lewis. I felt he should have been MVP last year for the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Say all you want to about Brady. Uh, I really thought Dion Lewis deserved the MVP. I don't think he deserves your draft pick this year, though. I think he's going to have a slump. Well, the problem is, is who... They got Rex Burkhead to come in. They're going to be a three-headed monster. Yeah, who's going to be that James guy White, that's going to take, take up? Rex that's, Burkhead. That's kind of been the history with Belichick now. Yeah. It's like once once you think, oh, this is the running back, this is the guy, you pick him up, and well, you the, start him, and then Oh, I disagree. I think else. last year, I think LeGarrette Blunt was worth owning and worth running every week as your RB2. But because I think, I think he was kind of the outlier in the Belichick era, no? He was, but like that was just it. If they got close in the red zone, it was always blunt. It was he got so many touchdowns. So who's going to pick up that role as far as the consistent fantasy guy? I mean, Nobody. Out, outside of Brady, who do you Nobody. know is going to be consistent week to week? Um, I like. I want to see what happens with Dwayne Allen, because of Gronk. I think they're going to have to run two tight end sets a lot more this year. Dwayne Allen coming over from the Colts, he is coming out of a offense. That is very similar mm-hmm. in how they use the tight ends, and I think Dwayne Allen's going to plug and play. Yeah, he's one of those guys where it's like, yeah, you think there's, you can see the potential yeah. to be that tight end who's going to get those catches, score those yeah. points, but he hasn't really had the opportunity yet. So in our keeper league, Gronk is finally available this year. He hasn't been available. He got picked up in the sixth, fifth, and fourth rounds the last three years. So Gronk is going to take. A first round pick this year, guaranteed. I was gonna say, where is he? Is that is that because is that just because we're in Tucson and like half of our team graduated well, from U of A? Yeah, but we're also gonna have three new members of the league, <laughs> and they're gonna see Gronk out there, and they're gonna be like, whoop. Because that's the thing. Is it is that so, gonna be a newbie mistake? Is that just gonna be U of A homerism? Like, because he's not worth a first round pick. I don't know. I mean, 
we're talking, I agree with you. We're talking about Ezekiel Elliott and other guys who I'm, I'm with are RB ones. Where it's like, nope, not with those suspensions. You're guaranteed four missed games with Gronk. You're guaranteed a four game suspension. I agree. At least. I agree with you, but it's probably going to come later in the season when you're trying to fight for a playoff spot. If you have Gronk and you don't have a playoff spot already at that point in the season, when he goes down, you're screwed. Mm. You're not playing your cards right. But well, I'm just saying, like Gronk, he's the cover of Madden. Okay, Gronk is that happened. he's that high profile. That's what I'm saying. People are going to pay attention. People are going to pick him up. Don't go do it until the third round this year. Yeah, he's not. But worth... do you feel like Gronk is worth picking up a handcuff for? You go get Dwayne Allen if you own Gronk. Maybe. My problem is there are so many other options out there. I think if Gronk goes down, you go pick him up off of the waiver wire, though. Yeah, I can't see wasting a roster spot on a tight end handcuff, but I can definitely see keeping an eye on the rounds for like a sleeper or somebody who may come through, like we were talking about with Clay. Uh, yeah. Who else was pretty good last year that might f- f- you know fall down on the boards a little? I don't, I don't, I don't Actually, know if Rudolph is going to you know sneak up. When we get into here, it, Jordan the Lee. NFC North is two weeks from now, and we're going to be talking about Martellus Bennett up in Green Bay. That's going to be somebody who's worth keeping an eye on. That is interesting. Uh, so Gronk, everybody wants him. Probably shouldn't get him too early. Deion Lewis, I think, is a bust this year. James White, who knows? You still got Rince Burkhead out there. You got White be... Burkhead. Who else? With Gillisley that they picked up. Yeah, man, I mean, it's... they're stacked. That's that's a nightmare scenario for a fantasy running back. Like it's it's scary for regular teams to go up against that. And as a fantasy owner, you don't know who to pick up because you don't know who's going to get what points week to week. Yeah. I mean, outside of Tom Brady, it looks and though Gronkowski. right now, it looks like. Belichick is really interested in the running game this year. So do you risk playing one of those guys and no. just hoping he comes out and has a monster week? No, I think Belichick's going to use that running game to throw teams off is what I'm saying. Like each each week it's just going to be who? It's going to be run, ride the hot hand kind of thing. Like but who who do you prepare for this week when you play the Patriots? And how, what happens when he rolls out the other guy? How early do you take Brady? You have to pick him up this year. You do. You have to. Look at his weapons. I know, but... Look at, like, the chip on his shoulder is still there. You know it's still there. But when's he going to hit that wall? He's going to be 40. And he's on the curse of the Madden game. What? So that means what happens When if, do you pick him up? Just what, answer. what happens if somebody picks him up with their first round pick and then Old Man River busts his hip by getting a knockout sack Joe Seisman style? Okay, if you're an idiot and you pick up Tom Brady over any other first round possibility, <laughs> you deserve to watch him go down Old Man River style. But I think Brady's a third rounder this year. I really do. I think he's going to be the second or third quarterback picked. Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Is going to be probably round one gone. Yep. There's always going to be somebody who's going to take him round one. I honestly, I will get to it next week. I think Jameis Winston is top like six rounds this year. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting... That team is scary. Yeah. Those weapons are scary. He's finally getting into a rhythm. I mean, if Mariota hadn't broken his leg last year, I would have been scared about that guy too. And Derek Carr too. We'll get to those guys. Tom but Brady, anyway, I think, as far is as Brady, no, third yeah. round for me. Yeah, I agree. I can't. I can't see 
doing anything above the third round. I mean, he. Well, you should pick a quarterback above the third round. He's going to have the big name, and he's going to have the weapons. So it's who's going to reach on him, and who do you pick up later on that was left on the board because somebody reached on Brady. Well, I think Andrew Luck is going to be a fifth rounder this year. We'll get to him in a in a week. Um, I yeah, Brady. I really feel like he's going third round, at least in our two leagues. Honestly, I I can see people who are going to do that, but I would not. No, I would not want to pick him that high. My recommendation and Joe's recommendation, I'm sure, is wait for the fifth round. If Brady's there, get him. If not, get somebody else. There's yeah, I mean, there's going to be plenty of people who are going to be available. You're going to be able to maybe even pick up somebody off the waiver wire or stream. Who knows? Because there's going to be those plug and play people where you're going to be able. I'm to not. I'm not drafting him again this year, but I think Philip Rivers is going to be. He's going to have a good year. I think he's worth picking up late over Brady early. I mean, like when Bra- after Brady's off the board, I'm sure you're going to have guys like Carr still available. Yep. You know what I mean? Rivers, as Luck you mentioned, will be Luck. available. I mean, they're going to cousins be, will be available, and depending on what happens, Eli this year. Sam I mean, Bradford will be available. Oh shoot! Is is Sheila going to make it over the hump this year? And no. Uses weapons. New York Jets, 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 Jets. J e t s, um, Jets, Jets, Jets. Sucks. Wow. <laughs> I, I cannot think of a bigger dumpster fire in the NFL. I'm really. Jets. They are. They are taking the the Browns after the Browns draft this year. The Jets. Just went, you know what? Give us McGowan, and with him, we will take all of the suck. Josh McCown. I have one player of value on this team. Can you guess who he is? On the Jets? Yeah. Oh, and he's worth picking up in the eh, third to fifth rounds. He'll be your second running back if you're smart on how you draft. Oh, uh, was it Bill Powell? Yeah, Powell, I think, is is solid. But then they've got Josh McCown. They've got Enunwa. Yeah, Quincy Enunwa. Quincy Enunwa. Enunwa. Yeah. Um, the only thing that worries me about him, though, is there's this, nobody there to take the pressure off. This team is so bad, I have a kicker in the top five fantasy players. Like, I think I think when it comes to real football, we'll see what what their defense can do and if you know some of their pickups sure. can keep them in the game but yeah I mean you've got Josh McCown who honestly I'm not gonna lie he's he's a solid guy to keep an eye on for a streamer like he's gonna be on your waiver wire if you have a bye if week you have on a how bye week going. based upon so okay say you got Brady your bye week is week nine and the Jets are playing Buffalo you don't want him then I think Buffalo's defense I think there'll be too much for McCown really Here's I mean, his his little dink and dunk thing is he gets yards and he gets he, he's not going to win. Who's you a Super he going to dink and dunk to? Matt Forte's old man River too. <laughs> you know that because you got rid of him in Chicago. I didn't get rid of him. Um, Fox got rid of him. Yeah, that was stupid. But who's there? Anunwa. Okay. Yeah, Quince. But even then, he's who's going to take the pressure off him with Brandon Marshall gone? Nobody. Now Quincy Anunwa has to make that big step in up. In other words, this part of our bit is going to be super short. Uh, okay, so here's McCown. Bye week start in week five, right? Week six. So McCown in week six plays home against New England, then at Miami. Okay, there's two division rivals. Home against Atlanta. Home against Buffalo, the third division rival in four weeks. <laughs> at Tampa Bay. Then he's got a bye week for week 11. Then he's got home against Carolina. 
Kansas City, at Denver, at New Orleans, home against the Chargers, at New England. There's nowhere in a bye week that you want McCown. I'm sorry it was a great try, but it, their schedule is fucked. Maybe maybe there's somewhere in there where he does something if you're lucky enough. This, but honestly, like if, you're, if your season comes down to Josh McCown... Yeah, you should be like he, he's. He should be playing fantasy if are, baseball. If you are, you know, plugging him in as a as a fantasy bye week, it's one of those things where it's like nobody else is on the Nick board. Nick Foles and backing up Carson Wentz is going to score more points in the bye week that you need <laughs> than, than McCown will. Yeah, I don't know. McCown manages to do something with nothing. It's I like just Bilal enough. Powell because of the volume. He's going to get enough volume to be worthwhile as an RB two. Um, I actually think Canton Zaro. If they move the ball enough, Canton Zaro is going to be fantasy relevant again this year Possibly. because he's just going to have enough opportunity to kick the ball. Outside of that, you've got Matt Forte, who I'm not knocking him because I love Matt Forte. I do too, but he he's, won me two championships. He's 32. He's, just, he's with a new team. He's with a shit team who has done nothing to build around him, even though that's why he went there. I, Bilal Pal, that's it. Anunwa is going to be a guy to watch on the waiver wire for me. He's going to be, yeah, like a flex play maybe. He's a wide receiver. Yeah, he's a wide receiver one in the again. NFL. Wide receiver ones in the NFL are worth taking a look at. This team is just that bad. Yeah, like it's really, it's really bad. I mean, yeah, outside of Quincy Inunua, who, again, I think... Put up some good, put up some good games last year, worth keeping an eye on. But not anybody you're going to want to pick up early. You know, he's definitely going to be one of those late rounds, waiver wire fodder kind of guys. Bill Powell, I would definitely keep an eye on him. He's going to be worth, you know, what do you think, eighth, ninth round? No, I think Bill Powell's like fourth, fifth round. You I think mean, he'll go that it de- high? It depends how you draft. In a keeper league like us. I would take him in the fourth, fifth round if I got the guy I wanted in the first round, for sure. Um, because I should have two running backs by then. I just can't see him even playing out in the long term. I can't see what's going to turn the Jets around enough that's going to make him relevant. And I really wonder how much time he's going to share with Forte because Forte got quite a bit of use last year. And the one thing Forte can do that I can't remember as far as Bill Powell is Forte can catch out of the backfield. Forte's very good at that. I just don't I don't see I don't see Powell's stock going down that much because he's going to get 20 touches a game. Yeah. He is going to be the so one he's that gets an RB2 touches or he's a flex in a standard league for me. If you have him you are not you could do worse. That's all I'm saying. All right, so beyond that, since we do have a quarterback who doesn't have a huge arm, let's hold on. There's going to be the security blanket. Yeah. Okay. Who you got? So, what do you think is going to happen with Austin Safaris Jenkins, and what's going to happen with Jordan Leggett, this uh, rookie they drafted, as far as tight ends? Anything worthwhile there? I don't think they have a scheme that can take advantage of the rookies' talents yet. And Jenkins, coming over from. He was with the Bucks, and then was he with Jacksonville at some point? I don't know. I can't remember. That's my point. He just Jenkins was supposed to be a guy who took over for Jacksonville. He was supposed to be a top-notch, top-tier tight end 
across the league. Forget fantasy. I mean, he was supposed to be that kind of an NFL player, and he just hasn't panned out. So for fantasy relevancy, he's really not panned out, and I just I don't see it. I, I mean, we named Clay. I think Clay's going to be in a late enough round. I would rather take Clay Jenkins, over either of these two guys. Jenkins isn't worth it, and the new kid just isn't going to – he's just not going to be there yet. The NKOB, if you will. Yeah. Um, so Miami Dolphins, that brings us to – The Finns. Dun, 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 the dun, only dun, other team that's relevant in the NFC East. A little salsa dancing. Um, Jay Ajayi, obviously, is the top guy to look at. Yeah, he's going to be the one to look at. He's going to be – How many 200-yard weeks does he have this year? The workhorse guy, he's going to be between the tackles. He's Let me rephrase big, that. He's strong. How many weeks are you going to sit him on your bench this year? Um, probably through every single 200-yard week that he has. Oh, God. That was brutal last year. You still won, though. I know. Jay Ajayi. Uh, <sighs> so I like Jay Ajayi a lot. I don't know that... Um, I think he's like top 10 running backs, maybe top seven running backs, but we're going to get to them. We'll name them all. We'll come back to Jay Ajayi. I just want to see more consistency because we had those three big weeks. He had a good season overall, but can he, can it be sustained? And I really... Given, Given where this offense is supposed to be at this point with Tannehill and his development and where they actually have come to I think J.H.I. is going to get a box stacked against him constantly I think he's he is an RB1 but you're stretching to get him you're kind of I feel like he's the guy you're going to be like "Ah, fine so what round are you picking him up at I think he's going to be well I think he'll end up in the first round because he's a running back and that's the way fantasy goes but I think he's going to be 9, 10, 11, 12 in a draft or top four in, in the second, second round, depending on your... So we, again, are PPR. So a, a number of players are much more viable in our league than they would be in the standard league, where Jay would be an obvious top seven player. Mm-hmm. right? But I think, I think he slips a little bit this year. Um, I want you to look at... So your obvious ones are David Johnson's going number one. If he doesn't, whoever's picking number one is stupid. Uh, even if they pick Le'Veon Bell, even if they pick Ezekiel Elliott, um, if you're in a PPR league, the only, the only consideration at number one over David Johnson is Julio Jones for me. But I still think that's really stupid. You no. can't reach like that. You've got to go with the guy who's not only going to get the ball handed to him, but he's, he's gonna also going to catch gonna the get ball the and he's going to get well. in the end zone constantly. On a constant basis. They're going to ride that poor bastard in the ground. Oh, That's his career is over in two do. years. Absolutely. The way the Cardinals are running right now, I think poor David Johnson's going to be begging to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not something I ever thought I'd hear. Yes, exactly. We'll get to those guys in a, but, in a uh, couple of weeks. But, yeah, no, J.H.I. is going to be huge. Outside of that, I'll be curious to see what Ryan Tannehill can do. He was having a pretty good year up until he had his what, ACL. Yeah. I, was it week 14, 15? It was near the end of the year. This is going to be... Tannehill is two years behind the curve, though. This is going to be the second year with Gates. Uh, I like Julia, Julius Thomas coming over from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, great stuff in Denver. Got a great contract in Jacksonville. Never panned out for them. 
I think that's a little bit of both parties. Thomas was a little high on his contract. Jacksonville just wasn't scheming properly. They were high on their Allens's. And that's going to pick up huge because, again, Adam Gase likes to use his tight ends. He, yeah, the, the way he schemes, Julius Thomas is a good late-round tight end, too. I'm noticing a pattern. I think tight ends are going to be more relevant this year than they even have been in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's definitely been an upward trend, and that's uh, nothing but going to continue. So let's look at wide receivers one and two. Right now, one and two are listed as Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker. Which one do you go after? Honestly, and mind I, you, I don't think either one should be picked up before the fourth, fifth round. If I'm going to go with somebody with the Dolphins, it's going to be Jarvis Landry first. PPR. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like Devontae Parker in the standard leagues, though. I think he gets more yards on less catches, and he gets he wins by three touchdowns. Yeah, and again, that comes down to draft strategy, because with PPR, you want to have that security blanket guy yeah. who you know is going to get. But I'm going to throw the ball to you 10 to 15 times every game yeah and you're gonna catch it what 80 90 percent of the time jarvis landry averages eight catches a game on 12 targets so that's eight guaranteed points yeah. plus yardage plus if he manages to score yeah he doesn't score a lot he only had i think three or four touchdowns last year for me i had him i have had him for the last two years i'm not keeping him this would be my last year to keep him. I don't think I'm going to keep him because he's too expensive. But that's the nice which thing means about the fourth round PPR guys, slot guys, is that you don't need that to be a wide receiver one. Correct. You just want that flex, that wide receiver three, whatever it is that's going to get Correct. you. So Landry is great. Points. I'm not going to keep him, but if he falls to the sixth round, I'll draft him again, and I'll keep him for another couple of years at the lower levels. But um, I like Devonte Parker for the upside. I really do. I. For me, it comes down to Tannehill. Tannehill as a draft in the QB status. Tannehill's like QB 20 for me. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what he can do this year. I think I'd be curious to see second year if he can stay healthy, if he can crap, crap, crack. He's going to crap. I get it. Yes. He may shit the bed on a game or two, but (laughs) overall, I'd be curious to see if he can crack the top 10, top 15, you know, points in the league as far as quarterbacks go and be that guy where if you have an injury if you're desperate and need a streamer you know somebody who who might be able to at least make sure you can stay competitive in your league instead yeah. of having the guy who's going to lay a goose egg or god forbid even get negative points when you have the the quarterback on the really bad team yeah. you know who gets sacked three times and throws two picks and it's like oh now you're taking points away from me that's not good so Tannehill, the thing for me is his schedule and if you've been listening uh, one of the, the nuances for me as a fantasy player is I always look at schedule for my marquee players. I look at my quarterback. I want to know who they're playing throughout the season before we get there. Uh, my wide receiver one, my running back one, my tight end, my defense. I want to know what their schedule looks like. Um, defense is a little partial because I can... Uh, I can pick up who I want. So I tend to look at like three or four defenses and see their schedules, and I map my season out that way. Uh, and once in a while, somebody picks up my defense before I can because of waiver wire priority, and then I get pissed. But but there's always another option. Tannehill, looking at this, Tannehill starts out home against Tampa Bay. That's really tough. So Tannehill should be a QB2 on your roster in that game. But they go to the Chargers after that. 
Chargers are playing in a 30,000-seat stadium, which is a soccer stadium. The new intimate experience. The new intimate experience, I think, is going to backfire. Um, as much as I actually really like their roster this year, I still don't see a defense. And you know, I see a high-powered offense with Jay Ajayi come into town who whooped you for 200 yards last year. I like that. I like Tannehill in that game. Um, then they're at the Jets. They're home against New Orleans, which is actually in London. <laughs> oh, the good old home game across the pond. Then they're hosting Tennessee. We'll see what Mariota is. We'll talk about him next week. Uh, they're at Atlanta. We'll talk about Matt Ryan and that... Uh, it's not Ryan. It's Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> um, Matty Ice. We'll talk about that next week. Then they host the Jets. Then they're at Baltimore. They're at, they host Oakland. They're at Carolina. And then a bye week in week 11. If you slip so far in the draft and you don't have a quarterback and Tannehill is out there, look at his schedule first. And if you like it, go for it. If you think Jay Ajayi is going to be effective enough that Tannehill's going to have room to throw, go for it because he's got really good weapons. Personally, I like the weapons more than I like the quarterback, so I'm not going to draft him before the 10th, 11th round, but he's a good QB too. His bye week is week 11, so double check on that. Again, this is my draft strategy advice. Look at your quarterback, know his schedule. Look at your RB1, your wide receiver one, your tight end, and know their schedule. That's really funny, because as we transition out of our East prognostication into draft strategy, I don't do any of that. I've never looked at handcuffs. I've never gone with bye weeks. I've always That's because you're gone, a waiver wire hunter. I've always just gone BPA, best player available. Yeah. Served me well. I've won a few leagues. Granted, there's another league that I've been in since 2007, 10 years now, where I've done jack shit in that league doing the same philosophy. Sure. So it can just you know vary from league to league and, and who you're drafting against. But yeah, I've never... I've never paid attention to handcuffs. I've never done, oh, who has what bye week where. It's always just, what is the best player available right now? And I will plug in draft picks as needed down the road. I really like where you're headed with this. It sounds like you're ready to start talking about draft strategies. And that leads me into guides. But first, uh, thank you to Dragoon and your delicious tartan 479. 479. Uh, dragoonbrewing.com fantasygrowlers.com if you want to check out dragoonbrewing.com um, come to us first because you know we get paid for the link also because <laughs> we tell you how good the beer is uh, at fantasygrowlers on twitter at fantasygrowlers on instagram you can follow mm. us we're going to be updating content all season long uh, right now though we are going from Tucson we're heading all the way out and thanks to Joe in Connecticut Got to get that plug in. Thank you, Joe. We love Joe in Connecticut. Uh, he sent us some Hobbit juice from Beard Brewing. Uh, I think it's Beard beardbrewing.com, maybe? The Beard Brewing I'll get company. you that in a few minutes. This Beardbrewing.com. B-E-R-D Brewing. B-E-R-D Brewing.com. It's Beard, B-E-R apostrophe D, though, as a company name. And uh, we each got a pint here in our hand. It's a 9.2% by volume. <laughs> This is a double India Pale Ale, the Dipa, single hopped with Nelson Solvain, and this is the Hobbit Juice. Uh, I love this beer. I got the, he sent us three, so I've already tasted this. Oh, you lucky man! I it remember hearing about this before when he was on. Freaking awesome! And uh, we've had the Dogs and Boats 
from these guys, which is another double IPA. That was the really show good. We was on. Uh, that was an unfiltered, I believe, with Mosaic and uh, Columbus. I want to say, don't hurt me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but here's the hobby juice, and this is what it sounds like. Beardbrewing.com. So these guys are really cool. They are artisan, artisan ale guys, much like our Prairie Artisan or uh, Founders, maybe. The old Prairie Bomb. Um, and I'm just going to read right here. Our aim at Beard is to reincarnate the days gone by when beer was produced by someone on your block rather than a multinational corporation. <clears throat> we are obviously not concerned with economies of scale, and we think that shows in the quality of our offerings. We hope you love drinking it as much as we love making it. Uh, Hobbit juice, man. Hobbit juice. Hobbit juice. Uh, we've had... I could... The second this was cracked open, I could smell it. Yeah, this is wafting across the table at you. It's uh, so it's a bit darker. It's definitely a double. Ooh. All right, we're gonna take a beer moment. Blimey, like it's. Yeah, this is really outstanding. So, upon its creation, Hobbit Juice Double India Pale Ale quickly <sighs> became one of our favorite concoctions. Brewed with Nelson Solvan hops, a varietal that's as elusive as the hobbits themselves so this is a tough beer to make apparently uh, this double ipa clocks in its 9.2 and features a soft mouth feel take an unexpected journey with our hobbit juice double ipa and enjoy the unique notes of stone fruit and mineral character god damn that's good yeah this is an outstanding beer i'm gonna go ahead and take a picture of this and throw it up on twitter and we'll throw it up on Instagrammy. The Instagrams. You really have to see this this mm. label. This is such a cool beer. <clears throat> Stonington, Connecticut. We're going to make it out there. Beardbrewing.com. B-E-R-D brewing.com. That's my last plug for them. Let's start talking. Okay, so you don't... Draft strategy. No, I don't... You don't do the stuff. I don't do the stuff. But when you started out, you did the thing. I did. I got the magazine... I have to admit, I remember reading about, you know, looking at bye weeks and everything else. For me, as I got started, it was just too complicated. So I was just, I got my magazine, I've got my top 200, you know, and then you can flip through to the top at each position. position and sure. it's like, I'm just... All stuff you can get online. Yeah, now. and you can obviously print out lists. You can go to, you know, ESPN, what, Fantasy Pros, CBS, like everybody is going to have, every company is going to have their writers and they're people who are their fantasy experts who are going to have their sure. own lists, their own articles, their own everything. Do you have a go-to? Do you go to CBS or ESPN or... Uh, my go-to is the almighty Google. The Googler? Yeah, the Googler. And I just, so I just Google, Google everything. Okay, so you do it all individually on your own. Yeah, I just, you know, research this, research that, you know, plug in a name here. If I think somebody might be, you know, if I read a couple articles and the same name pops up a few times, it's like, all right, who should I pick up this week you on do the this? waiver wire? Okay, but what about drafting? As far as drafting goes... Because the whole point of having the fantasy guide off of a newsstand... Is to have is the, the list and the draft. And honestly, what I love... And I print these off every year. I'm not going to do it this year because I have got one in front of me. Yeah, it's nice to have the list where you can scratch the, off a name or put yeah. in your own rankings or do whatever Having you want. Having it in your lap or on the table in front of you. The For me, it's uh, Street and Smith's Fantasy, which is what I have in my hand right here. It's $8. Or 
I'm probably going to pick up two more just to research it. But they have the top 205, and that goes 205 on one page, then the next one is ranking by position. And right now, we have talked about Sheilai Manning. Let's find out where he's at. Sheilai is sitting at 14th overall for the position. So QB 14. Uh, that's behind Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, number one. Uh, I agree with the top four. I was going to say that's a fair. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Uh, for me, this year, I like Brady again. Don't worry about picking him up, though. Don't go get him in the first three rounds because you're going to have Andrew Luck, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, mm -hmm. Phillip Rivers still to come. And then you have Sheilai at number 14. I actually feel like Sheilai is probably the start of QB2 in your league. So, he's definitely on the cusp. He could either yeah. have a decent year and be QB1, or he's definitely... Actually, I feel like it couldn't be any worse than a high if QB2. everybody from Aaron Rodgers down to Matt Stafford is gone, <clears throat> you got to get a quarterback at that moment. Like, you and have that's to. where you do have to pay attention to who's drafting yeah. what, and that's where it's nice to have the list where you can be like, all right, what quarterback is gone? Scratch him off. And that Absolutely. way you know who's left, because there's going to reach that critical moment where you look at your roster. I don't care how many times you've drafted. I don't care how many times you've played a fantasy football league, you're going to have that moment in every draft where you look at your roster and you're like, oh shit, I'm really thin at insert position here. What do I do? Yeah. And that's where you have to have and, your list. And these lists are perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. So flying by the seat of your pants, which is actually how I drafted for the first four or five years, I just like, I knew players. And you know what? I won two of those leagues. Mm -hmm. in, I, so that would be eight full seasons total and I won two of those. And I about... I've always placed pretty high, but that's because I'm like you. I do waiver wire hunting all season. I'm way too active, honestly. Yeah, no, honestly, the biggest challenge with changing leagues is because the first league I was in was just a standard league, no PPR, no IDPs, <clears throat> and I actually have not done much in that league. I think the best finish I've had in that league was like maybe a fourth or fifth place finish a couple of years ago. But with our league, with the IDP, it seemed like it's a little bit easier to work the waiver wire because they're always going to be, you know, the release valve for the rookie quarterback or just, you know, maybe the, the journeyman quarterback who can only dink and dunk like a Josh McCown. And that's where the waiver wire comes in handy because you can pick those guys that you can plug and play and they're still yeah. going to produce points because they're going to get those receptions every week. Okay, so I have a quick question. You bring up McCown for, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm noticing a pattern. You're talking about dink and dunk. You're talking about plug and play. If I'm drafting though, and say I get Drew Brees, okay, mm -hmm. Drew Brees is getting a bit older. His defense is not keeping up with him. Yeah. Right. So he's losing games, and maybe he goes into a slump for three weeks. Do I want to waiver wire, or do I want to draft late and pick up a quarterback, say Carson Wentz, say? I mean, outside of probably the first 20 quarterbacks, we have 32 teams. Outside the first 20 quarterbacks, yeah, which pretty would much put us at, say, hit or miss for the Carson Wentz. Then you're getting into Ryan Tannehill, who we just mentioned. Tannehill's not a bad plug-and-play, but he's not going to be your consistent winner. He's not going to win you a championship. Joe Flacco is outside the 20. 
Uh, you get into Alex Smith, Blake Bortles, Mike Glennon, sorry, <laughs> Sam Bradford, Jared Goff, Brian Hoyer, Trevor Simeon, Deshaun Watson, who's not even going to start, uh, Tom Savage, who's going to start over Tom Watson. Uh, what I'm saying is, outside the top 20 quarterbacks, you're not going to have any. Which means that's why you. Which means in a in a standard twelve team league or PPR twelve team league, you need to have two quarterbacks because there's only twenty good quarterbacks and there's twenty four roster spots for a quarterback in a twelve team league. You have to have that extra quarterback simply because of a bye week and secondly because of injury. Mm-hmm. So again, a guide really supports you in knowing what to do not only at the draft but also throughout the season and and i'm i am a convert i'm gonna say that like Mm -hmm. i never use this stuff i always did like you i was always a googler and i always found my stuff on my own but i don't have as much time anymore i can't commit and that is a nice and that's why this is from the busy life into the fantasy season is because somebody's done all the research for you and if you're invested, like if you buy into a money league, if you're invested in a trophy league where your friends are active with you, you're talking trash. You're invested because of entertainment. Eight to ten dollars on your entertainment extra is okay. I don't condone a forty dollar thing unless you're spending two, three hundred dollars on fantasy every year. Yeah, I could not. Which spending more than you 10 really or need to reevaluate a few things. Oh crap. We do a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't we all really need to reevaluate things every now and again? Um, so the, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think best player available. If you're if you're gonna have backups, I think you want to go with your skill positions. Honestly, I cannot see on the draft wasting a pick on a second kicker and a second defense. Granted, if it's your first year, sure. if well, you're not sure what to do, you're afraid to, you know, I know I've been playing for, holy shit, 10 years now. And honestly, trades still scare the shit out of me. Like when somebody offers me a trade, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And I know the second I say yes, I'm going to get buyer's remorse. So I'm really shitty with trades, as I'm sure you probably know. Oh, yeah, you are shitty with trades. You're always like, the, no, the, I want the good deal. The only time I've said yes is the time you got... Who was it for the Dolphins that got injured? Was it Jamal Anderson? Oh, I don't remember, but yeah. Is I that even a real that name? That I, but yeah, that I was the only that time trade, I think yeah. I remember saying yes immediately. And like like a few weeks later, the guy you got was uh, was injured. But no, I, if, I really think that if you are an NFL fan, like there's a difference between somebody who's into the sport and loves the game and knows what's going on with all the teams versus the fantasy guy who knows all the players, all the individual stats. If you're just a guy who kind of knows teams, I really think it, ma- it makes it easier if you're in a standard league and you have you know just your standard defense special teams to stream week to week because that's kind of the easiest position. Sure. Where if, if you're a casual fan, if you're not, if you're just starting in fantasy football, you don't have to waste that spot because everybody kind of knows week to week who's going to shut who out, what defense is going to perform well, as opposed to having to know individual stats. Well, shit, it used to be just stream the team playing Cleveland. 
Yeah, and, and there's always, and there's the always going to be a Cleveland every year or a yeah. Jets every year, and that's where you need to figure out yeah. who who's the punching bag and so who's playing them. I, I think that plays more into daily fantasy week. because in daily fantasy or like I play the big and small league where I pick a new team every week or pick new players every week, uh, so I pick a new defense every week, and I tend to do that. Uh, I don't think it's as playable in like keeper leagues and things like that. Um because everybody's paying attention to that. People who are paying attention are going to be in the more competitive leagues. A more mm-hmm. competitive league, everybody's paying attention. So you can't get away with that as much. Um, I think the waiver wire pickups are definite. I think the waiver wire picking up, totally playable. But more the case, like going back to draft, draft strategies and whether or not a guide is... A valuable thing for you if you're starting to invest your time into playing fantasy football and uh, or really any fantasy sport but fantasy football tends to run the gamut here in mm-hmm. the United States it covers all bases for you entertaining competitive uh, lots of information things like that you can find stuff online very easily I found six different things just now you've got bleacher report Great information, NFL.com. Mm-hmm. Pretty good information, surprisingly. Yeah, not NFL. as great. CBS, USA CB- Today. CBS, you have to be careful because they are... <laughs> Do they have some of the, what, subscriber links or whatever? Well, no. I think they're more kind of... They're a little grandiose about their stuff. I personally really like FantasyPros.com. They have a free side and they've got a pay side. The free side is plenty of information for a newbie. If you're in extremely competitive leagues, I can't endorse paying for it, but I know they give you tons of information because they collect everything and present it to you. They do a ton of work. And that's the thing is I don't know what the pay sites or pay blogs or whatever have to offer because honestly, I'm too cheap for that shit. Like I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to look at the free articles and then base my opinions on that. I also find more, it's more fun for me to do my own work. Really. Uh, But... A paperback magazine guide. It's kind of like a, it's like your bubby, man. It's like your little blanket as a kid. Like it is. There's something that's really, you know, like what's interesting too is I even I even remember going in and seeing them on like the hamper in the bathroom. I don't know if that's oversharing as far as you know where you read a magazine, but everybody does. But it's like oh, I you know like you you pick up that issue from last year and it's like oh shit. Who did what, really, based on, you know, predictions? Yeah. And you're, you're able to look and see. I think you're showing your age, though, because you still turn pages on the toilet. And most people, like, <laughs> are flipping through are their scrolling, phone. scrolling, yeah, on their phone. Uh, no, I, I'm with you. I, th- I think the guide is actually, it's not a bad thing to do. I know a lot of people are hesitant. Uh, when I was working at the mall in my 20s and I went to Borders mm-hmm. I'd always pick up stuff like that I, you know I just as I revealed earlier this is the first time I've ever had a guide at home but I would always flip through them while I had a coffee or something I did the same thing that's what I love about Barnes and Noble and yeah. Borders because they had the cafe on the yeah. inside when they were still around so you could just so, chill and look at some magazines it's okay to go to the newsstand don't feel like a schmuck go ahead and go pick up a $10 one if you pick up a $40 one, you better be playing a $300 league. But yeah, 
I mean, it's it's just something it has to leaf place. through, look at. Exactly. And like we were saying, you know, like in your downtime, it's it's a great little thing to get a refresher. I love them. I think they're fun and they really lend an extra element to our goofy little <clears throat> indulgence. And on top of that, not that I've ever been this guy, but hypothetically speaking, if you're the guy who got the invite and it's your first year, and your draft starts at like four o'clock on Saturday, September second, and say you realize that morning <laughs> that you've got a draft coming up, and it's your first time, or you forgot, or whatever, you can go pick up that magazine, <laughs> and you've got all the research for you. And right you don't there. Have to print anything? You can just here's my magazine. I'm just picking names that look good. I'm with you. I think uh, if you're a Cliff Notes guy. These yeah. things are great. You know, yeah, if you procrastinated yeah. your whole life, go get a fantasy guide. They're it's worth like, it. Uh, you know, really when it comes to like the top 10, top 15 in each position, everybody's kind of can have the same list, give or take a few players. And then once you get past that realm, it's it's all speculation and guesswork. And if you pick a few bad guys, there's the waiver wire. The waiver wire is always there. I, th I feel like a lot of people freak out about their draft if their draft isn't good enough. You know, like we play the Yahoo leagues and they give you a draft grade at the end of the draft. Oh, I haven't it, had higher than a C plus ever. I love reading those things. And you know what? I have finished second, first or second at the end of the regular season every year since we started this league. So don't freak out about it. It's a lot of fun. Keep going. Uh, go back and listen to this episode again. We are the Fantasy Growlers. I'm Patrick. I'm Joe. You can catch us at fantasygrowlers.com, at fantasygrowlers on the Instagrams, Instagrams, the tweets, the Twitters, the tweet decking, uh, beardbrewing.com. Go Fantastic. check them out. Fantastic. Hobbit Hobbit juice. juice. Choice. Yes. Choice. Great way to finish a show. If you want sound advice, tweet at us, email fantasygrowlers at gmail.com. Find us at fantasygrowlers.com. We're going to have a little bit of blog posting. We'll help you out throughout the season. Next week, we got the AFC, NFC the South. South. We're going to get into the Dirty South. Matt Ryan and those Falcons. Are they going to get over the hangover? Winston. Ooh, I don't know. But Jameis Winston, he's coming for you. Those Buccaneers, yeah, scary. The Bucks. Ooh. We got the, the Saints, Saints and the Aints. Which one's going to show up next year? We're going to have Drew Brees. He's yep. always going to try and push them to the best. You've got... You got Luck and Mariota. And then, yeah, AFC South, you've got... Luck, Mariota, Hawkins showed up on time? Texans, dude, that... Whoa. There could be a potentially 8-8 eight eight team that wins the AFC South. Seriously. And then we got those lowly little Jaguars. <laughs> are Jags, you going to show up next year? The Jags are going to be one of those teams where it's like... Everybody's going to laugh at them, and then like just one year... They're just going to come out of nowhere and kick everybody's ass. They'll be the Florida Marlins. They'll win a Super Bowl, and then they'll sell everything, and then they'll go back to irrelevancy. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Until next week, this has been the Fantasy Growlers. Patrick. Joe. Enjoy the music on the way out. We'll catch you later. <laughs>